Okay, so The Common Fox, episode three. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Nan. Hello, my lovelies. (laughs) Always makes me chuckle when she says that. (laughs) I'm Amy. I'm Carrie. I'm Nan. (laughs) Not grandmother. Not this time. (laughs) So, we've just been making coffee. Tell us about this coffee, guys. What have we done? Oh, well, the pod machine wouldn't work. I mean, I don't know what's going on with it. Pods got stuck. So we've tipped it out of the pods and put it into a cafetiere. Is it a cafetiere or a French press, or are they the no, same thing? Cafetiere, cafetiere or cafetiere? <laughs> if you're French, tea. Yeah. Oh, but okay. what's the difference between that and a French press then? I don't know. I thought you were the font of all knowledge. I thought you knew everything about everything. Oh. Maybe when you do the French press, you have to press it in a French press. Bonjour, 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 press it. Ooh, je m'appelle coffee. It's the way that you do the accent with the salt chew, though. <laughs> that is how the French speak. No? The... <laughs> so we're just having a coffee after having about three cups of tea. Yeah, I feel like this one's... We needed something to pick us up, didn't we? Yeah, I could be running home now, though, to be fair. <laughs> it's so strong, isn't it? It's really strong. And Nan's got a biscuit in front of her, which she's, <laughs> she's not allowed to eat on the podcast, so she's just got to stare at it for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> I've just got my Irish lard on it. I know you're so fancy, aren't you? So does it taste like Irish cream? Or like an Irish coffee? Not a lot. I suppose so, but I sometimes put amaretta in it. Oh, oh. I think you're supposed to put whiskey in an Irish coffee. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't like whiskey. <laughs> so I put amaretto in. I've only got amaretto. Do you do that after a certain time of day or does it not matter? When you're 83, 85, you are, aren't you? Sorry. When you're 85, does it matter? Does any of that matter? About I'm not going driving. Yeah, so. If, like, if, if June comes up, then I'd. We usually have a special. <laughs> <laughs> Amaretto coffee, Irish coffee. You can have an ordinary Nescaf or an ordinary (laughs) and put the Amaretto in. I've got cream if you wanted it, but I'm not keen on a creamer. No, (laughs) no, it's a bit much there. I mean, Amaretto at 10 o'clock in the morning isn't much. But it's sweet, isn't it? Yeah, but it's lovely, isn't it? It's so good. I love it in mulled wine. In mulled wine? Yeah. Stop the podcast. Has <laughs> <laughs> it all gone wrong? I've got some. It's all gone wrong. <laughs> like, the the gym. like the Christmas markets, oh, the German markets, they put mulled wine with amaretto, don't they? Do they? No. I don't do want they? any now, thanks, no, no, I'm right. That's not I've a got port, yes. port and lemon. Port and lemon is just port and lemonade, right? Yeah. I always have this vision, it's port with a slice of lemon, but it's not, it's lemonade. <laughs> yeah. But we don't taste right. a slice of lemon. You like sweet drinks, don't you, for someone that doesn't have a sweet tooth, which you said with a biscuit <laughs> I don't... Uh, you do like I drink. don't drink uh, like... I mean, I used to years ago, but not now. Yeah. don't have it now. So in the last episode, you mentioned a time where you drank too much so you won't drink gin and orange anymore. Can you just tell us about that, please? Well, it, it was a drink that you had, you know, it was either port and lemon or gin and orange and you had gin with a drop of orange juice in it. Yeah. Um, or gin, less orange, was it? Or more yeah, orange? Yeah, well, it depended how it came. Oh. And cherry brandy, 
Creme de mince. Ooh. Not together, I am. Baby sham. <laughs> Baby sham. And those were the sort it's of drinks. Baby sham is like a Prosecco, isn't it? Similar, very. Baby sham and uh, cherry brandy. Cherry B, they used to call one of them. Um, but if you, like a, a spirit drink was quite expensive sort of thing. So, But I was out with Grandad and these, these three lad, the other lads, mm. and I'd gone to a place which is called the Kingsway between Dunstable and Newton, and it was a great big pub with a stage and people used to sing and people that they were friends with and Grandad, they used to sing together on the stage because he liked to have a song. And they were all got their beer and I'd been having, I was the only one with them that got the gin and orange and one of they'd had that much, so well, I can't drink that. One of them said, I can't drink. And it had always been something you'd oh, I'd love to do that. So when they left it and they weren't looking, I drank the pint of beer down <laughs> without stopping. Oh, the whole pint? Oh, the pint. Oh. After drinking gin and orange? Yeah. And how old were you? 19, I suppose, 18. Right. What 18. happened? No, what happened? Well, they just took me home. I went to bed and I'd... <clears throat> Fortunately, I had an apron in the cupboard beside me and I was poorly sick and dying. <laughs> poorly sick and dying? <laughs> oh. In your apron. How long did it take you to neck the pine? Oh, Do I don't remember? know. I just got, they were just chatting away and I got hold of it and went like that. When they saw me, they just, well, you know. Cheering me on. Couldn't stop then. Oh. Yeah. oh. Wow. But and then after that, I could not, and I don't now, Eat oranges or drink oranges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Again, no. another fact I didn't know about you is that you don't drink orange juice or eat oranges, and that's because you puked on it. I just had, well, every morning I used to have a, a pure orange bottle of orange juice off the milkman. Yeah. I used to leave it oh, every morning. It was so good when it off the milkman. And, uh, and I used to take it to work. And I'd, I'd add that much of it, I suppose. I can't stand the sight of it. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, well. Thanks for that little story. No. So you're 21. You you and Jeff have just got married. Well, you got married. What was the wedding day? What was the wedding day like? Can you sum it up? Nondescript. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So very so Luton Luton Register Office. Yeah. Very so all right, we'll, we'll, oh we'll bypass that. Then back to my mum's for a little bit of tea and stuff. Yeah. And then went to the that, pictures. What on your wedding day? I can't remember what we saw. Then we went to a pub at the bottom of the downs called the Rifleman. Right. But you were with child at this time. So there was no Drinking for you on your wedding day. Oh, it didn't matter then in those days. Did you have a fag with it as well then? No, I never did smoke. No, you didn't actually, did you? No, I tried. I tried 
and I just puffed it out and I couldn't in, inhale and I thought that didn't like the taste on my tongue and I thought that's a waste of time. Twice and that was it. I never bothered. Granddad smoked though, didn't he? Well, oh, yeah, everybody else smoked. Everybody, yeah. We have got, it's a family of smokers, isn't it, really? It but has been. I didn't. No. So nondescript wedding day is done. That's over. And then you're 21. 21. Mm. And you move into his mum and dad's house. Yeah, 45 Library Lane, Hilltop. And did you always want a big family? Because you had quite a few kids. (laughs) (laughs) I never ever thought that I never ever visualised having any, let alone what to do with the one I got. That she turned out um, a really beautiful baby. Everybody kept saying how lovely she was, like black curly hair. Mm. Uh, you just got on with it, you know. And how old were you, how old was Mum when Alf came along? Eighteen months exactly to the day, <gasps> because he was. He was the only one who can say I really tried for. We we said we'd try for another one, and it was a little while. Make thought perhaps it'd make us get a house quicker. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what so we, if, we, if you had you could get a council house? If well, was... we thought so. Uh, Powerful love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you were planned so they could get a house. He was supposed to have come in the June. Yeah, but he was early. And then uh, I'd, he, he turned up on the 4th of May mm. instead of the middle of June. About six weeks, I suppose, he was before he should have come. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And where did you have both of the kids? So, like... I had both of those in a hospital in Harpenden called the Red House. And was that normal a to little cottage until then, or well, did it, you have it, them at home? Not, not particularly normal, but because living in Library Lane and it wasn't really suitable for that sort of thing, and being the first baby. Um, I'd had kidney trouble previously when I was young and kept eye on. But, of course, she was quite big when mm. she came, turned out to be eight pound. And you're tiny, so... Your mum. Yeah, She was baby. eight pounds and she was born on the 4th of November. Mm. And then, as I say, 18 months later, I went back and I had... And he was only four and a half pound. When he was born. Was he okay when he was born at four? He got jaundice, but apart from that, he was all right. Yeah. Fox went right up his little leg when they wrote it on his leg, who he was. What, they just wrote it in pen? Yeah, I've still got the card, I think, upstairs that I had from your mum, of your mum that they put on, but she was eight pounds. She had her first... Two bottom teeth when she by the time she was four months. Wow! But then she never had the others till quite a lot later. Yeah, yeah. And she walked. She could walk. uh, Eleven months. What was it like 
being being in labour in those days, like, did you have to stay in hospital for ages? In those days, you had to stay in bed. Yeah, you stayed in bed, laying in, as it were. A lot of people. I was in hospital with her for the sort of ten days type of thing. Was that normal ten yeah, days? That was normal sort of thing. And it was icy and snowy and bad weather when I had her. And how long did you have, did it take to have that? How long were you in labour for? Because first one's always um, early in the morning. Early in the morning, four six o'clock time. I'd had what they called the show. Yeah. And so, Granddad went off to work. Went down and told his mum. Nan came up. And said, oh, what's this about? think you're going to have this baby today. <laughs> so I said, well, I had had a sh- show because so, you had to use the bazunda. You couldn't go there. The toilet was outside. So you also had to, you know, clean yourself up. So, oh, well, all right then, leave it. We'll sort that out. Off she goes downstairs. So I started getting up. You know, it was 7 o'clock. On. So when I go, she, right, she said, I've got the bath ready for you. We had to boil a copper and put it in the bath, which she'd done for me. Get in the, have a bath, hot bath, that'll do you the world of good. So I had a hot bath, got dressed, went down and had me porridge and my sunshine pill. What's a sunshine pill? She used to give me this brown pill she got from the clinic in Flamstead. So she told me to take it, so I did. What it, Do I know what it was? No, I got it a clue. vitamin D? Was it vitamin D? I haven't got a clue. But I used to have to have that every morning with my porridge because Nan said so. <laughs> then, right, she said, I'm going down the village. You can walk down there with me. That'll do you good. I'd got the bag, my case packed. So I started to walk down the village. Well, as we got down... To, Crouchall, the doctor's surgery. So she pushed me up the drive. Go on, we're going to the doctor and ask him if you're ready. So I sat in the doctor's with her and waited till my turn. And when we went in, Dr. Turnbull, oh, hello, hello, how are you? Well, I think she thinks she's mad a show. We think she might be having the baby. Can you examine her and make sure? So he said, yes, you're quite, yes, you have started. I would... He said, I wouldn't worry too much, but I'd advise you to get yourself over to Red House in good time. Across the road was the man that had the taxis in the village, so she shot over there. Ken, we've come to have a taxi. Can you take us home to get a bag? She's got to go to Red House. So he took us up Library Lane, got my bag. Off we went to Red House. Oh, that's okay, which by this time was lunchtime. And I was in the bed, and then 11 o'clock, Grandad rung up to see if I was all right after he'd been in the pub. 11 o'clock at night, yeah. On the motorbike club, and I was still nothing. And the next morning, he rang up from the post phone box. No, she's all right. So during the morning, I had orange and cod liver oil, put down me, I had an enema, and at quarter to one, 
lunchtime-ish, one o'clock, your mother was born. Oh, wow. And the doctor came just afterwards. He was called and he came in and looked at me. He said, oh, how are you, all right? Oh, well, that's a lovely-looking baby and you've surprised everybody with having a baby that size. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were so little. But you better be careful because she'll be able to breed like a rabbit. Oh, wow. What, because you just had a baby? They don't. Whatever. Just another if, piece of advice someone gave you there. Whatever he found. And then, of course, went home and oh, everybody loved it, especially old Grandad Fox. Well, everybody did, but Grandad Fox all said it was going to be a girl when everybody yeah. said, oh, you'll have a boy. That's going to be another boy. We'll call that Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> and I and you come home with a shower. And, and I came home and she said, well, is that going to be her little Fiona? No. <laughs> Fiona Fox. Fudging hell. Fudging Fiona Fox. <laughs> so Grandad came home. I always wanted Anne because I'd worked with a lady who'd got a little girl, Anne, and Daddy had died and when she was small, mm. and she was a lovely little girl. She gave me a horseshoe when I got married, so mm. I always wanted Anne. And Anne, Auntie Annie was the granddad's favourite aunt at the time. So he came in and said, I've heard this footballer at Luton called his baby called Sharon. He said, I quite like that. So I said, Sharon Ann. And there was only one other girl in the village at that time that, or you, that you knew of. Mm-hmm. That then after that, she were, everybody was called it. Then Alfie come along. I'd been to my mother's over the weekend with Sharon, and I came home with washed blankets and stuff at my mum's because she got a washing machine and mm-hmm. mangle and everything. So I fetched them home and hung them out on the Monday, and on the Tuesday morning. Yeah, she was born to on the Tuesday I thought this don't feel right and I thought, well, I've been to the toilet quite a lot. And the nurse lived we had to go across a field, the old nurse tragic, so I walked across there at lunchtime pushing your mum. And when I got there she said, What I said, I think I've started having the baby. So she examined me and your mum started to chuckle, or she said I said, oh, Sharon's out there. And you've walked across the field like this. Get yourself home. Is there anybody there? So I said, oh, Jeff's on night work. Well, get him up and tell him to take you to right to the hospital. Well, I couldn't wake him at all. So I'd got everything ready. I'd got my backpack because I knew it was early. Got my case. Kept trying to wake him up. Nan come over from work and I said, oh, I've got to go to the hospital but I can't wait, so she goes up and strips. Get off at that bed. <laughs> Get that girl to the hospital. So I ended up going, I'd phoned up the hospital and said, and they said, oh, come in whenever, no rush. I got in there in tea time-ish, and it was the same scenario. He was born to a clockish court to two, on the Wednesday lunchtime. Wow. And he was only four and a half pounds. Wow. And was that another ten days in hospital as well? No, I kept saying I wanted to go home. Yeah. And they said if he if he gets to near five pound, then 
you it could it and on the on the I kept saying I wanted to go home, and then on the Saturday when Granddad came, I said, "Can I go home tomorrow?" And they said, "Yes." We so told Granddad to ring up mm-hmm. in the morning, and I could come home. So he come to pick me up with your mum, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to go and see my mum. Yeah. I said, "I don't want to." I want to go to see my mum. And I got there and I got told off because it was only five days that Mm. I'd been there. And she said, what are you doing here? You should be home in bed. But there was no chance of being in bed in library lane. You (laughs) couldn't lie in bed up there. No. It was the last thing you did. So I then took him home. So I had both of them then. And then, so were you all in one room? Yeah. Yeah. They let, we had the biggest room then. And so, because we had what the carry cot yeah. on a stand, which you also put a bath on, and then so by then y- your mum was in a cot, yeah, and she was still in the cot, and then we had the carry cot. Because well, he was so small, he stayed in it for quite a long time, yeah. more longer than he would have done. And then we had to get a little bed, a single bed, and the cot. Yeah, and, and then, then, how old were the kids when you got the house? We we moved in on the twenty ninth of April. He was born on nineteen sixty, and we moved in on the twenty ninth of April, nineteen sixty two. Mm. So, and then he was two a week after. Wow! So you'd lived there in one room four years. for four years. Is that because, was it quite common then to wait for a council house because you couldn't afford to have your own home? Is that the norm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people did, unless you got parents or the type of person, but Grandad wasn't a saver. He wanted his motorbikes more. And he liked the pub. And the pub. Yeah. Uh, Other than, you know, he didn't, it, it wasn't because... They'd not done it, you know. Mm. Uh, and my mum and dad didn't own their own house. It wasn't something I'd been sort of brought up in that area. So, uh, and you you got councillors, it's a bit easier. And they were building Snatch Up. They'd built Snatch Up. <laughs> it always makes me laugh that day. Uh, Filthy, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, we'd applied, obviously, straight away. As soon as you're married, you get on the list. And uh, then there was one that was at the bottom of of Hilltop in Library Lane that was come empty. And Nan Fox said, oh, you want to get over the council? We could have had one earlier in Dunstable. You would get them a lot within six, 12 months, but no, he won't move. He won't Redbourne, right? Mm. He won't going to move out of Redbourne. So that's why. And there was one come down at like bottom in Library Lane. And uh, when I applied, oh, no, that's... There was another couple that were married the same as us. And what they'd done, they'd put the cot on the land in and, you know made the house so that it looked as though it was more overcrowded. So that couple got 
that house. The one over here, number five, an old lady had lived in it and Dorothy and Reg Archer came to move in and had a room with her. And then they built the bungalows over there, so Mrs. Elson got a bungalow. So they, because they'd looked after her and stayed in it, they got that one before me, and they were married after us. So Nan wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> she said, that house should have been yours, you should have had that house. And my mum was ill. My mum had spondylitis. So it's she had shingles, and it affected her back. So... I went over there because she was in bed. I went over there to help and do the work and help with my dad and that sort of thing. So I went down the town. I had gone down the town for something and a dentist in Dunstable that everybody used to go to, Nan Fox had gone, and I met her in the in Dunstable. Hey, girl, she said, there's else coming out. I've been over the council and told them. It's time you had else, <laughs> and uh, it's getting overcrowded, and uh, I've made it clear. So she said, they reckon you, you'll be hearing soon. So fair enough, that'd be lovely. So anyway, uh, nothing happened for a while. I came back home, and uh, it was a couple of weeks for Easter, and... She came home, she said, there's else down South Common. Get yourself over that office and tell them that one should be yours. It's time you had one. Everybody else has been married long less than you. So I goes over. Miss Sharp, the lady, the council officer, was Miss Sharp by name and nature. <laughs> Nobody liked her. Yeah. She, If she made it clear what she thought, well, I went over there and asked to see her and I got in the office and she said, what can I do for you, my dear? So I said, well, I just wonder if there's a house on South Common and I just wonder if it would be my turn to have that one as I've been married longer than the others and I've got two children, they haven't. And it's a bit much living with mother and father-in-law for nearly four years. <laughs> I said, I don't care what you give me, Miss Sharp. Even if it's a Nissan up on the common, I'd be more than happy to take it. So she looked at me, she said, I can't give you a Nissan hut on the common, my dear, or a tent. <laughs> but you go home and tell your mother-in-law you won't be living with her much longer. Oh. <laughs> so I said, but she said, I'm not saying you've got that house. I'm not telling you you've got that house. Yeah. Because there are emergencies. That might even be more for you than you. But she said, they'll be coming up one before long. Well, in Snatch Up, previously, she'd said, if you could find, we got one, we did get a house, we were told we could have a house if we went to London Coney, Alexander Road, there might be one coming up there. So if you want that, and he said, oh, I'm not going to London Coney. No. No, I've been more, I've Redbourne. So she said, well, in that case, if you can find somebody in Redbourne, in Snatchart, that is, needs, would like to go back to London Coney because they've left there or lived there, then we might see what we can do. 
Well, some chap that Grandad knew in the baths had come from London Coney. His wife was a London Coney girl, lived up there. So we went along to that house and we sat there and he'd put a kitchen in in fashion and told your granddad what he'd done, took him to have a look while I sat and talked to Margaret, <coughs> sat there. Anyway, he said, right, we've seen this house in London Coney and it's this house and it's got a garage to it. So he writes the letter. Granddad said, you write the letter then and then uh, we'll post it. So he wrote this letter that he would like this house in London Coney, blah, 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 so many children, but the garage. And on the back of the letter, he wrote a diagram a diagram of the house. Mm -hmm. So we put it in the envelope, put the stamp on it, put it in the box, and he looked at me and he, as we got out the door, he said, well, two things. He said, if I was in there, the kitchen had come out, I would not have the screws showing like he's got through it. He said, but secondly, you've got a cat in hell's chance of getting that else. He said, no, nobody will ever look at that, read it and say, oh, yeah, you can have that else. <laughs> That's not how it works. You don't tell the council what you want. Mm -hmm. And they stayed in that till that man died and she went in a flat. They never did <clears throat> get out of it. So That's when we come here on Good Friday yeah. We got the letter. Grandad was at work in the garage. We got the letter and she said, that's a letter from the council. You can open that. So I opened it up and it said, you have been allocated number three South Common, Redbourne. If you choose to accept that house, you know, a date at the office sort of thing and to pick up the keys to have a look. Right, she says. That's it. Right. Now, <clears throat> I want some onions and lemon. Get down. There was a shop in Church End, Darvos, or if Darvos. Get yourself down there. Get, get some onions and, and some lemons. Then go round to Millie and tell them, like June's, go round to June's mum. Go and tell them that you've got the house and then go to next door where you live to that girl you know and ask how much the rent is. <laughs> Cool. So I did it. The shop wasn't open. <laughs> I'd gone on a bike. The shop wasn't open because it was Good Friday. Yeah. I went round to Auntie Mills, like June's mum. And I know, I said, I've got the house. I've got... We know, duck. Podge has been down and told us. Uh, we're, we're so pleased for you, ducky. Oh, we're so pleased uh, for you. We really are pleased. Then I came up to Carol and I said, oh, Carol, I've got a letter this morning to say that I can have this house next door. So she said, oh, great, that'd be good. I said, well, how much rent do you pay? Well, I'd pay this much, but then we've got, we rent a garage. So anyway, I went home and told her whatever was what. And then when your dad, granddad come home and said, oh, we've got that house in Three South Common, he looked, he said, oh, good, that's lovely. Oh, yeah, great. On the Sunday, he said to me when we was upstairs, he said, when we move into that house, I'd never want another roast dinner on a Sunday. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you when I want a roast dinner. Because <laughs> that's what it was every Sunday, every the same, day. either either beef or chicken 
or yeah. you know. Yeah. So this, no. And then we, I went over to the council offices and said, I would like to accept, we'd like to, I come and kept looking, if I come down, the, I'd keep coming looking in the window. And when I went to pick up the keys, she said, Miss Sharp said, now look here, it's not in very good condition because the ladies, the people that were living in there, the lady's been waiting for the flat. So she's got a new flat. So Obviously, the house needs a lot of work doing to it, and we're going to come in June, and we're going to refurbish the house. It's entirely up to you. If you feel you want to distemper the room, that's up to you. But I would advise you not to waste any money until we come in, but you can still live in the house. Right. Well, the ceiling was so dark grey where it had never been. You couldn't tell the pattern on the wallpaper. And every other room was painted with gloss paint. Wow. Because it had so much damp? No, it was just that somebody worked at the paintworks and oh. painted the house with the paint. <laughs> no, sorry, I meant the, you said that you couldn't tell the difference between the wallpaper and the wall. No, it was so old. Oh. It had faded. Right. And, and the ceiling where the dust and everything, because oh. the cooker was in this corner, right. that was a, called a scullery, this was called a parlour house. So the cooker was in this corner, so everything was done in here. Mm. And it was a composite floor in, concrete with a hole in. And <clears throat> so I came in and Jeff's uncle lived in what was called the gas house where the flats are. And I went in there. Auntie Dole, uncle said, I've got else. I've got else. <laughs> oh, lovely. Where? I said, just a, oh, he said, that's lovely because he loved it, Ian. Come on, young iron. Come on, <laughs> young iron. And we used, I used to come down just to visit and have a cup of tea with them. They never had children, yeah. one of granddad's older brothers. So he said, we've got a cooker in the, in the barn. You can have it if you want to clean it. Oh, he worked for the gas company and he'd taken it out and brought it home to use and they'd never put it in. So I took all the stuff down and cleaned it. Nan had yeah, the two nice. kids while I cleaned it. And then Granddad fetched it, and there was a little porch there where that was. This bit was the coal house here, and the other side was the toilet outside. So and you didn't have a toilet inside then? It still. was just in the outside the back door. So and then you, the, you moved in. Alf, well, we said Ian. Alf, yeah. Caring bitch. Yeah. And then how long was it until you had Jamie? It, three and a half years. We we came in in on the Easter in nineteen sixty two, and then the following Christmas I got pregnant and Jamie was born in sixty three in the October. And so he was born at home with me. He was yeah. born in the front room, the same as Karine. So Sharon was a little accident. Elf was planned because you needed the elf. Yes. <laughs> Jamie was he a planner? <laughs> oh, no, no, it wasn't no. planned. Was that a surprise? Well, not really a surprise. Yeah, I just thought. I mean, it wasn't as though I was that interested in, you know, the bedroom <laughs> activity. <laughs> so it was just a case, and and then he was born, and and he was the same. He was he was seven pounds something, yeah. and he got black hair. He was a lovely. Well, the nurse tragic came, and it was the same. Eight o'clock Saturday morning went all day down to one o'clock in the morning 
Yeah. And he got lots of black hair. And the nurse, when she looked at him, she just said, oh, this is what we call a perfect baby, perfect uh, boy. It looked like a boy. That was I would it. Bloody love that, wouldn't he? <laughs> a perfect boy. So she said, and of course, Jimmy Greaves scored a goal for Tottenham that day. He was going to be called Jimmy. Oh, really? And I said, no. <laughs> my dad was Jim, my brother Jimmy. I didn't want no more Jimmies. <laughs> and I said, no. And he said, yeah, that we, I said, he can be called James, and we call him Jamie, but I'm, it's not going to be Jimmy. And so I wanted Matthew. So when the nurse said, have you got a name? And I said, I think it'll be James Matthew. Well, that is absolutely perfect. Oh. And then... Uh, no, he's been doing names, Well, I didn't, actually. He didn't know it, it was no. J-Matt. 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 Like Jim was called Jim Bob. Midgell was called Uncle Jim, Jim Bob, because he was James Robert. J-Matt. Like J-Tov. Yeah, <laughs> J-Matt, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he was and then he was three and a half when he just started school. Yeah. When yeah, Karen. And Karen was born on the 21st of March. Now, she was. She was definitely not. Intended <laughs> at all. Did you padlock it up after after you admit? Well, you see, I'd had an operation, and I'd said oh, I didn't want any more. Yeah. But then this thing went wrong, and I had to have it taken out, the kill core taken out, and then try something different. And uh, in that two months, it went wrong, and uh, and. And I didn't have a thing. I wasn't interested. Right. I'd got nothing. I used to go to work on the bus or do housework, come back and sit in that front room sewing all evening, all afternoon and evening, wigwams, cowboy outfits, nurses' outfits for children's toys, wigwams and and all sorts, little tents. Did that. Carol did. I did and June did. And then... Um, I was sat there one off. I'd been doing it, and I'd come in. Granddad had gone to play a darts match, and I was sat there, and whoosh, water broke all over the newspaper I was reading. Well, I was eating a bowl of pop, a puff wheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And I did called come, Carol. Did she come quicker this one? The last yeah. One? I'd had pains all day, and the nurse had come, and I said, "I'm sure this baby's coming." No, 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 no. That's perfectly all right. That won't be anyway. She'd left here five o'clock time to go to. I've got to go to Flamsey to a farm. The farm they're having twins, and anyway, I carried on for the rest of the day. But then, when the water broke, I called Carol because we didn't have a phone. They did. Mm-hmm. Called Carol over the fence, and she come out, and I said, "I think, I think you might be needed sometime tomorrow." This baby seems, oh, so she comes, she said, are you going to be all right? I said, yeah, yeah. So she said, after a while, she said, here's the key, just in case, just in case you need to phone, Jeff can come in. And so he came home and I said, oh, he'd already got the bed down here, the little mm-hmm. single bed in the front room. And I, when he come in, I said to him again, oh, I think this Baby's on its way. Well, then he starts 
oh, what we got to do, what we got to do. I said nothing. And I got in the bed. I went upstairs. <clears throat> I couldn't settle. Come back down. <clears throat> got in there. I said, I can't settle. He said, I'm going to phone. <clears throat> so he goes to the phone next door. And the nurse, oh, Jeff, she said, I've just got into bed. I've just left the farm, got into bed. I'm absolutely freezing. I've had nothing to eat and drink all since before I left your house. So she said, can you tell if, if she's really desperate? So he come back, are oh, you desperate? I said, well, I'm hanging on the edge of the bed. I've got gripping on the iron bed. So he goes back and tells her, okay, she said, since you phoned, I've had another phone call from the farm. I've got to go back there. So she said, I've rung another nurse from Sandridge. She'll come out to you. So she phoned the nurse. So he's standing down there. He comes back. Are you all right? Are you all right? So by then, Carol can't settle. So she's come round. <laughs> she's come round and I'm lying in the bedroom. So she said, I better open the box because she had a box sent. You know, yeah. with all your stuff in. Well, she opened it upside down. Then she said, oh, I've opened it up. Anyway, she looked, she knew. I said, oh, God, I can't. She said, don't keep pushing. I said, I can't. She said, I know it's not the thing for us to do, but I'm going to have to have a look. And she said, I can see this head, the baby's head. Oh. So I said, oh, well, you'll have to do the job then. <clears throat> so she's in there. She's got saucepans and kettles boiling. And... Already, and he's down the road. The nurse goes up that end, so he shouts over in the dark, Not this way. So she comes in, gives him the gas and air. He comes in, and there's a chair beside us. He puts that on. I grab that. The nurse comes. She's taken her coat off when Karen appeared. <laughs> so she chucked it out, and he's sitting in the kitchen on a stall in the corner. <laughs> Carol's got the bowls of water there ready. And she come and she looked, she said, oh, and, of course, Karen arrived and she looked out and she said, oh, well, this is very civilised. <laughs> <laughs> she said, everything on cup. Then there's a cup of tea for the nurse. <laughs> Carol fetched a cup of tea for her and so she sorted Karen out and six pounds for something else. So she said, well, she's a, a little bit earlier than we thought, but not much, she's all right, everything perfect, nothing wrong with her. And, of course, the others, your mum and them are dead, and she could hear what was going on. And Grandad went up, and there they're sitting on the top of the stair, and your mum got her arm round both of them like this. And uh, and then he said, you stay there. And he said, I'll let you know when you can come down because you've got a little baby <laughs> sister. So uh, then the nurse, well, she will not here above an hour. She yeah. got wrote all her notes. She said, right, I'll be back to see you tomorrow. There's nothing wrong down here. She had the most civilised birth. <laughs> and off she went. And, wow. of course, Carol said, and she's got everything sorted. She'd got the washing in and all sorts of things. And then uh, then the next morning, a jo a Dad went and told Mrs Millers, we've got a little girl, and she come round with a bunch of daffodils, well, because it was spring, first day of spring. Yeah. She'd come round with all these lovely daffodils out the garden Granddad went up the street to get some bits of shopping and the nurse came and uh, she had a look, everything okay, lovely. 
what you're going to call this beautiful little girl. And I said, we haven't got a name, I can't decide. I said, Maria Claire and Claire, no, no, no. I didn't like what he wanted because it was his ex, for, well, his girlfriend. Oh. So I said, no, I don't want that. I'm not calling her that, Kathleen and Catherine. So uh, Kathleen, so anyway, Uncle Podge was going to Emil, so I said, oh, pick up a book with girls' names in, will you? Anyway, the nurse came and she said, have you got a name? And I said, no, we can't agree. And she looked, she said, well, she's born the first day of spring. What about John Quill? She said, that's a spring flower, daffodil. So I said, oh, yeah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was quite nice, actually. So anyway, your granddad come back from the shopping and he sorted himself out and I said, I said, I've got a name. I thought of a name. So he said, oh, yeah, what's that? So I said, Junquil. First I said, Junquil. <laughs> And he looked at me, I'll give you bloody <laughs> And so then we looked in the book and I said, how do you pronounce, how do you pronounce this name? And he said, Kareen, Kareen, Kareen. So I said, well, that sounds nice. And he agreed because it was supposed to be Gaelic for Kathleen. Oh, wow. So we both got our way. <laughs> and then, of course, as she got older and I tried to tell her how to spell it, look in your alphabet, look in your big book, A for apple, K for cake, A for apple, I for icing, R for rabbit, egg for eyes, E for eyes, E for eggs, <laughs> N for nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so when Granddad came home, she was about three, I suppose, when he came home, she up and... Spell my name. I know my name. <laughs> so he said, oh, do you? Oh, what was that then? What are you called? So he said, she said, cakes, apples, ice, and milk. And he looked at me. Um, <laughs> so where did the name Midge come from then? Why is she called oh, Midge? Because the three of them sat on the stairs. Yeah. And when the nurse had got a washed and dressed, you know, and in a blanket... He crept up there, he took, went up the stairs yeah. and he said, look, this is your new baby's system. Yeah. And Alf looked and said, oh, aren't you a little midget? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely story. Oh, yeah. Thanks, oh, Nan. That's a great place to stop. Yeah, it really yeah. is. That is yeah. such a beautiful way to finish this episode. And then in the next episode, episode four, we're going to talk about bringing up children. <laughs> bringing yeah. up all four. Oh, is, the- that is the... Hardest job in the world. <laughs> it don't matter how many floors you scrub, how many beds you change, or nappies you wash. Bringing up children is the hardest job. It really is. No, well, don't you know? We'll apart, find out. Apart from losing a child. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in another one but as that well. That was, uh, but no, it was a uh, uh, four kids. Eh? And and you know. You know, when I never knew what how you felt, I know at the beginning I'd always said to you, whatever you want to ask, whatever you want to know, mm-hmm. you've only got to ask anything you wanted to know about your mum yeah, and, and that sort of thing. But never knowing what you felt about having to be here, whether you really wanted to be here, whether you wanted to be somewhere else, 
whether you didn't like how you had to abide by the rules, that sort of thing. And it was the same with them. And I did ask Jamie and Alf a while back, you know, did how did you think your, you know, when you were growing up, your childhood, did you think it was not very nice or you didn't have what other people had or that sort of thing? Did you feel that you were deprived in any way? And they said, well, no, we didn't. We had things. We always had good presents. At Christmas, you know, we never didn't didn't think about it because they had the freedom more than you used to have. Yeah. They you they could go off in the morning after they'd had summer to eat and not come back till tea time till they were hungry. Well, we'll talk about that. So, in the next one, that sort of thing is interesting for me to know yeah. how you know everybody else felt about their upbringing. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Thanks, Nan. Thank you.